0: Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary.
2: I think that I've got something hormonal going on too, because I obviously I still don't have periods, but um I have been taking note of when I feel the crappest to try and track it. And one of the weird things that I used to get when I was a teenager. Seem to be slightly mm. coming back to my hormonal cycle. Do you ever get this? When I'm coming on my period, I get really spooked. Like I, see, <laughs> it's like I see things behind me, or like it's really weird. Yeah. Oh, that, that I is see something. shadowy I figures mm. in the corner and stuff like that. Oh. Is it, yeah. Do you think it's some kind of like a a sort of a hyper
3: vigilance kind of anxious state, so that you're kind of on Probably. high alert.
2: Yeah, yes, I yeah. bet it's my cave woman brain being like, "Oh, yeah." In fact, it probably is a rise in cortisol, isn't it? Because you're mm. you're going, "Oh, I'm a meek bleeding sack of flesh <laughs> for the next couple of days. I've better hide in the corner from all the woolly mammoths or something." I have no yeah. idea, but <laughs> I did used to get more anxious around my period, so it's probably that. Mm. But it just um there's so much to be anxious about that actually feels practical um yeah it's that there's like a spooky specter behind me all the time <laughs> this actually you know this is halloween special kind of it is almost isn't it yeah. <laughs> almost <laughs>
3: Welcome to episode 166 of the Women's Running Podcast. I'm your host, Esther Newman, and she's your other host, Holly Taylor. On this podcast, we talk about health, politics, stuff on TV, and what we ate last night. Occasionally, we talk about running. We have a big treat for you this episode in the shape of the wonderful Josephine Perry, sports psychologist extraordinaire. As a friend of the pod, a previous guest, and our secret weapon at the Paris half, she got in contact with us last week after listening to the episode where I confessed a lack of confidence ahead of the New York Marathon. So she's here to teach us all some tricks to keep us going, not only in the last weeks of training, but on the day itself, because as we all know, the struggle is very often in our minds rather than our legs. Warning, I'm a snivelling wreck by the end. But her advice is a godsend for anyone facing a big goal and really easy to do at home. Big news. We're holding a live event on the evening of the 9th of November in Sweaty Betty in Battersea Power Station. It's all about how to run a 10K with a smile on your face. We've got a special guest in the shape of the wonderful Jenny Faulkner, and we have a jam packed goodie bag for everyone filled with running treats. There will also be wine. Come along, join us for 10k tips you won't get anywhere else, and have some chats with us and Jenny. Buy tickets from Eventbrite and search for women's running to get your ticket. This episode is sponsored by You Perform. You Perform Active Collagen is the UK's number one sports collagen supplement. I love a bit of collagen, me, and this one is convenient, tastes lush, and it has a proven track record in optimising recovery and supporting injury prevention.
2: One of the things we love most is that it's just like your favourite energy gel. It's just as tasty, just as easy to take with you on the go. The only difference is that you take it after your run is finished, helping you to recover fast and get back up and running in record time.
3: And if you wanted further proof, not only is active collagen formulated and recommended by Olympian sports scientist and celebrity trainer, Professor Greg White, OBE... It's also the post-race recovery supplement of choice for thousands of runners just like you all around the world.
2: Active Collagen is formulated with two unique bioactive collagen peptides to support your muscle and soft tissue while also contributing to healthy skin, hair and nails. So not only will you feel great, but you'll also look great too.
3: Active Collagen has a refreshing citrus taste, which I love. Plus, it has added vitamins and minerals to support your immune system and energy levels, to give you the boost you need after your run. Discover the
2: award-winning You Perform Active Collagen at youperform.co.uk. That's you-perform.co.uk. Use this exclusive women's running discount code WRUN20 to save twenty percent off your first purchase. The 20% off applies to single purchase items only and can't be used alongside any other offer or discount. Code is valid until midnight 30th of November. Right.
3: Let's begin. Let's begin. Oh my God. I I, I just can't. I'm going to find it really, really hard today because I am so, so cold. So cold.
2: I know. It's um, it is absolutely freezing. It's really, really difficult. Um, yeah. I was saying to esther before we started recording that um i've been quite diligent with my strength training as we know and i was gonna do it this morning and i found it really really it was it i found it absolutely impossible to get out of bed i just curled under my duvet until literally five minutes before i was supposed to get up and sit at my desk Mm. and then i just put a jumper and some socks on and made a coffee and moved slightly to the left in my flat
3: It's horrific. It's just, it's so cold. It's like, I was just um, trying to explain to, I think Dave this morning saying, saying, I went for a run. I remember going for a run on Wednesday last week. So we're talking five days ago and I was wearing a long sleeve top and it was too warm. I went at, and I went at something like 10 to six in the morning and my long sleeve top was too hot for me. And it was something like 14 degrees at six in the morning. And then it rose to about 17 degrees. And today it's two degrees yeah. and I, I'm kind of shaking so much, you know, just like, you know, that kind of when you're like, doing all Mm -hmm. that, just, I just, I find it really hard to concentrate. I'm so cold. Slippers are on. Haven't been for my run this morning. Winter has come, hasn't it?
2: Yeah. No fair. Do it later. Do Do it at lunchtime.
3: Yeah. Well, that's what I'm going to have to do. Uh, you know yeah. what
2: Doug and Dave would say. They would be like, do it right do it now in work hours, <laughs> right now. <laughs> <laughs> and paying expenses for it. <laughs> yeah. um, what? So the current temperature in the UK on day of recording, mm. well, at least in Bath and northeast Somerset, mm-hmm. it's telling me it's nine degrees. Yeah, so it must have been, oh, yeah, is it was it? one degree, uh, one degree mm-hmm. low this morning. It's absolutely freezing. I can feel the chill blades that I shook off over the last six months returning. Um mm-hmm. and it does feel a little bit bleak, doesn't it?
3: It's horrible. I've been down I I usually work in the kitchen and I have purposefully um been doing some cooking this morning just to have the oven on.
2: <laughs> oh, have you? That's so, actually such a good yeah. idea. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I should put something in the oven. I've
3: got a bit of quiche. Yeah. I was doing a bit of stock on the stove top, you see, so I knew that because we had a chicken yesterday. So I was like, if I do that, <laughs> it
2: will warm the at house least it, up and make it, it warm to the house stock. That's quite nice. <laughs> yeah,
3: three, three hours worth of gentle bubbling on the stove.
2: <laughs> oh, jealous, jealous. <laughs> oh no, you yeah, it's all I'm, feeling I'm boiling
3: bones, Holly. You'd
2: hate it. <laughs> well, I know. I I, I. I it's always the smell of meat. Ironically, mm. that I'm like, Whoa, that smells good, and then I realise. <laughs> yeah. Meaty bones. Mm. (laughs) Mm. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. I'm feeling quite um, well. I feel we've started the last few podcasts off on a on a bit of a low, just because Mm. Esther and I both realised when we're talking this morning that we've been recording them on a Monday morning, and we have kind of been a little bit feeling slightly on the on the crap side as we started recording. But I think that I've got something hormonal going on too, because. I obviously I still don't have periods but um I have been taking note of when I feel the crappiest to try and track it and one of the weird things that I used to get before when I was a teenager seems to be slightly mm. coming back to my hormonal cycle do you ever get this when I'm coming on my period I get really spooked like <laughs> I see, it's like I see things behind me or like it's really weird oh. yeah that, that I see shadowy I figures think. in the corner and stuff like that.
3: Oh, is it? Yeah. Do you think it's some kind of like a a sort of a hyper vigilance kind of anxious state, so that you're kind of on probably. high alert? Yeah.
2: Yes, I yeah. bet it's my cave woman brain being like, "Oh, yeah." In fact, it probably is a rise in cortisol, isn't it? Because you're mm. you're going, "Oh, I'm a sort of I don't know meek bleeding sack of." <laughs> flesh for the next <laughs> couple of days I've better hide in the corner from all the whirly mammoths or something I have no yes. idea but <laughs> I did used to get more anxious around my period so it's probably that mm. but it just um there's so much to be anxious about that actually feels practical that rather than my usual worry worrying I'm gonna sort of like uh, suddenly stop breathing or uh, I don't know heartbeat myself to death or whatever instead it's um yeah it's that there's like a spooky spectre behind me <laughs> all the time <laughs> this actually you know this is halloween special kind of it is almost isn't it yeah. <laughs> Almost. <laughs> oh, oh dear yeah oh i love that um we should actually do a Halloween special um next week when we do uh would it be next week? I think next week or the week after. We shouldn't mm. tell our running it'll be the week it'll be next week. Okay, so I think we should tell a running horror story. Oh. Well like make it up or actually a horror story uh, I from mean, the. I mean, we could make it up with a with a kind of torch <laughs> under our chins. But I was imagining <laughs> that it would be like, you know, something something horrid that's happened to you on a run.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Um so it doesn't actually have to be spooky in nature, but we can we can make it spooky by being like, and I didn't I didn't have any tissues in the portaloo. <laughs> um, and uh if you would like to send them in for a spooky storytelling, I would absolutely love that. And I can see by Esther's eyes <laughs> that she would too.
3: <laughs> I know. I totally would. I would love that. I'm just I'm just trying to figure out how I can make my running sound spooky maybe it is to watch to be fair
2: well it doesn't have to be necessarily too spooky i think all we need to do is just tell the story in that voice in that voice okay any story whatsoever and we will spookify it and we'll spookify it for you that's a halloween treat coming your way next week please send in your stories WR podcast at anthem.co.uk or join us on Discord. Um, you can get in touch. In fact, I've been wanting to do this for ages, but people can Come actually up. send voice notes on Discord. I don't know whether our lovely Discord lot know this, but you could send us your own spooky telling and do the voice yourself and we can oh, give And then we it can play it.
1: Yeah. yeah, to do something <laughs> you with, audibly,
2: what to do with it. Yeah. <laughs> So if you'd like to send in a running horror story, you know, for example, forgetting the tissues in the portaloo uh mm-hmm. having to stick your hand down a portaloo because you've dropped something down there, not speaking mm-hmm. from experience at all about that. <laughs> uh something like that.
3: <laughs> or or anything involving black cats or owls or um Yeah. What are other spooky familiars? Foxes, uh, badgers. Ladders? Are they... <laughs> How is
2: a ladder is spooky? Bad, is it meant to be bad luck to walk under a ladder, or am I making that up?
3: I mean, that's superstition, yeah. But I was trying to think. Oh, I was thinking okay, of okay. like dark nights and stuff like that, and I just thought, I mean, if you were to come oh, across yeah, a ladder okay. and at, at night time, then perhaps it would be quite spooky. Could be spooky.
2: <laughs> Skeletons, uh, vampires, pumpkins, vampires. Yeah, that kind of thing. Anything, yeah. anything related to that, or you know, of course, your own story that we can just tell in a spooky voice. Yeah. So, hopefully, that's yeah. given you a clear idea about what we're after there. Uh, it's a good but job it would we be planned it. this. It's traditional isn't it? to do storytelling. I know. I never. I mean... um, <laughs> in fact, neither of us ever spring things on each other in the middle of a podcast that we haven't uh, no. organized before. No, yeah, It's all been
3: um, planned um, and we've, we've got a script here and everything. It's just, it's amazing that we've uh, just come up with this incredible yeah. idea, isn't it? It's just, uh, <clears throat> yeah. Um, I swear there was a all.
2: time long ago when we very mm-hmm. first started this podcast that we considered the idea of doing like a script. I don't think we ever thought we were going to write exactly what we were going to say but i swear i remember being in meetings before we kind of started doing it where there was talk of scripts can you imagine yes Uh, can you imagine i mean i mean what a world yeah
3: i know yeah well let's never do that because um it would be chaotic it would be even more chaotic than this
2: it would whenever we try and do we recorded an ad this morning and Mm. esther actually had to paraphrase it no that's not the word I'm after preface it by saying we're not allowed to fuck around with this okay no no messing about because when we do occasionally have scripts to do things you know if we're if we're doing a sponsored message or something then um yeah we you know we make ourselves laugh so much during it that we have to record it about 17 times before we can get something that's worth using that's actually fair to the to the company <laughs> <laughs>
3: <laughs> uh, but it's yeah it's it it's fun times I think we um we just we just enjoy banging on and it's just kind of the 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 worry that people might just fall off in droves because we're banging on of course but um
2: Yes. But so far that are. doesn't seem to have happened. Um, no. And actually, speaking of Banging On, should we give mm-hmm. ourselves a little shout out? Because we are actually being, we've been shortlisted for a Banging On award. We have. Yeah, we have. We found and out last the, week.
3: So yeah, we found out right at the end of last week that we've been shortlisted for the PPA, IPA awards. Again, these, these are the ones that we've, and it feels terrible, but we, we have won them before we have won this them before. Podcast. also yeah.
2: i mean i guess that they're, they're a hugely it's a red letter date in the publishing industry but i do appreciate that for anyone who isn't in the publishing industry it may not be a very recognizable award but we felt very proud um when yes. we've been nominated and when we've won them before and it's nice to be nominated again uh well hmm. shortlisted i guess yes yeah is, yeah and then
3: we'll we'll find yeah. out um end of November or something, and we will if if
2: if we win we'll bang on at length, if we don't win, we probably won't ever you mention just, it again. You'll yeah. never hear anything about it, but it'll be no. fine, yeah um <laughs> I'm sure, as is tradition, if we win, then we'll put up a very drunk picture of ourselves, yeah, and if we don't win, we might put up a drunk picture anyway, but just without yeah award. actually, we probably will, yeah. we probably will, yeah. there will be Prosecco. In one hand, yes. it just depends whether there'll be an award in the other.
3: Yeah, there may not be. And I'm going to try really hard to have my game face on so that I actually look happy for the, the other people that win. I'm not very good at that.
2: Thank you. No, I think we <laughs> should practice. We should practice yeah. going, oh, yeah. well <laughs> done.
4: Oh, oh so, so good deserved. Work. Brilliant. So deserved. Yeah.
2: But it is because of because of you guys, um, actually, genuinely, I'm going to be a bit serious mm. now, because oh, without... Is- I am I've suddenly gone very serious that without you guys listening um and you know telling your friends and I know how brilliant you guys are at doing that uh and it's so so helpful and amazing to for us because it means that we can carry on doing it basically um because would have shut, shut this mad project <laughs> down a long time ago if we hadn't actually had any yeah. any interest in it so
3: <laughs> super true super true
2: yeah 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 Um, yeah, it's really, really exciting and it just,
3: yeah, it just culminates in an evening out for me and Holly where we do get really stupidly drunk and say stupid things on the train on the way home too loudly. Um, Yeah. Which is... It's actually kind of
2: quite, if we win, I, I, I find that quite uh, stressful sometimes because usually like it's a sit down dinner, it's a lovely affair, it's very nice and, and they keep pouring, you know, it's, it's a free wine situ, they'll keep pouring you wine And then usually, if we win, our lovely boss will turn up on the table at some point in the evening with a bottle of champagne or Prosecco or something, which does end up meaning that most of my heart is like, absolutely, let's get it down my gullet. But the other small part of me is like, how much wine have I already drunk? I've got no concept. It's one of those, like a wedding, like a wedding. You've got no clue. Which is why.
3: No clue, not at all, and and it starts at a weird time in the afternoon, and it's all, you always think it's um, eight o'clock at night, and it's not at three o'clock in the afternoon, and you're absolutely shitfaced. On yeah, you know, and you come time. out in in the come in out the in daylight, daylight sometimes. Yeah, have to get on a train, and then inevitably, because it's Holly, and not because it's me, because you know what I'm like, inevitably start talking
2: to complete strangers on the train. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm. Oh, yeah. I thought you were going <laughs> to say be inevitably because it's me get another bottle of prosecco to drink on the train. Actually, that's that can a, that's an Esther Newman yeah. special. That the way, is actually why. Yeah, <laughs> should we get another one? Got a thirst on. Yeah, and then yeah, we will engage in conversation with a with a random person, usually yeah. who says something like, "But why isn't there a men's running podcast?" Or, oh my uh, God, I remember that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Something yeah. like that to us. And why yeah. aren't more men winning yeah. awards for, for running podcasts? <sighs> yes. But yes, that's exciting. Uh, other than exciting. that, what have, you, what have you been up to? Should we have a super quick up about that and then promise that we'll yeah. give you some knowledge?
3: Yes, because we've got, um, on this podcast, we've got, um, in, in a couple of minutes, um, we are going to hand over to, well, we're not handing over, we're going to be there too, but we're going to be with, um, we've got Josie Perry on the pod again because um, she's amazing and because she got in contact after our last episode, I think it was after our last episode, um, it was. And I think I was having a, I was having a whinge and um, I was getting very concerned about training and she could, she said that she could hear a, um, a, a lack of confidence um, in my voice which is very true <laughs> so I was having a mm. big old wobble and she got in contact really sweetly and just said do you want me to come on so I can talk you through a couple of techniques to try and I immediately said yes please so we chatted to her um, last week yeah. and she was amazing so we're going to speak to her she so was in a couple so of minutes amazing. we'll go over to that. Um
2: but well, I did kind it... of made me a bit a bit overexcited now. I'm wondering right. whether we should we should listen to Josie and shall then we come back and catch up about let's yeah, do that. Let's do that. But but it's but, reminding but... me how amazing it was. It really, really was a lovely chat and I don't think there was a dry eye in the house. There wasn't. I was going to say that that I was um that it all went a bit
3: um wobbly towards well, the middle. Um <laughs> so the beginning uh, yeah, it's and also a, kind of wee-pie. the end. <laughs> Uh, yeah, yes. <laughs> but yeah, let's pass over to her and um and it's so so everything she gives us in terms of the advice is so brilliant for anyone that's got a race coming up or would ever want to enter any kind of race in the future because um it's yeah. she has such brilliant tips and techniques to um to help you remember why you've got to where you've got and why you want to go for the thing that you're going for. It's just it was so super, super brilliant and super useful. So, um, yeah, she was aces. So so let's listen to her now. Take it away.
2: It's, it's time. time for a woman woman is dancing. Very, very wise. Lovely. She's wise.
3: <laughs> this is a very good time to subscribe to Women's Running or think about giving a gift subscription for that big date in December you might be thinking about. Because right now, when you subscribe, as well as receiving the best magazine in the world, you'll also get a free exclusive women's running technical tee worth £35. It's beautiful, it's blue, and it says happy running on the back to help motivate you and your brilliant running buddies too. Just go to shop.womensrunning.co.uk forward slash become a member and enter X23WR pod that's pod at the checkout for your free tea and please remember to send us a pic of you wearing it hello Josie hello
4: hello (laughs) how have you been doing I'm all good I'm off on holiday tomorrow (sighs) I'm on that bit where you're desperately trying to clear everything off so you can Mm -hmm. go away and properly chill out and, and i'm going to uh, the biggest sports psychology conference in the world whilst i'm there
0: oh um,
4: which i i love it it's brilliant it's all about applied sports psychology and you you i just come away with so many ideas and so much stuff i want to work on um i want a clean slate before i go so i can kind of actually get into mm-hmm. all the stuff that i learn while i'm there while um, you're wow. on
2: holiday that is so disciplined i would be diligent those yeah. flights back on <laughs> hmrc <laughs> it it came up because
4: it is the best sports site conference in the world i really love it and it's in orlando at disney over half term and i have a just turned seven year old daughter oh my gosh
0: right i kind
4: of thought i can't really go out and not take her that would just be too cruel right um and so we're gonna do my husband's coming too so they're going to do four days on their own while i'm at the conference but we also do a family holiday around it so it felt like a really nice compromise
2: oh my oh. gosh that sounds insane that i'm, I'm sound very amazing. excited about the food for you i've heard i've heard good things about disney world food oh really okay, that sounds good oh uh, yeah i i genuinely have apparently cheeseburger spring rolls you have to try okay we'll okay go for that okay. yeah I'll g- I'll gather my research after this. This is all from from people talk about it a lot on the Off Menu podcast. Oh really? They big into big into the Disney World food, so. Oh,
3: okay, no, excellent. no one no
2: one's mentioning the Legoland food which is not great. No, maybe not so much. That in my memory is like a jumbo sausage and chips. That's sort of in, what I'm imagining. It's
3: exactly what it is. Yes. Okay, so, nice nice. 80 pounds. Yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> oh wow, that's very very exciting, and of course, yes. so um so you're here chatting to us, which is really lovely because you're amazing, and also because you got in touch with us after one of our podcasts recently. Yeah, um, so
4: which I really you guys appreciate. are my go to running podcast, it really helps me get out the door. Um, I feel like I've got friends with me when I'm running with you two chatting. You
3: have! Well, yeah, I was going to say,
2: it does feel like a lovely reunion. I think for those of you guys who might not have listened to Josie on the pod before, this is not her first rodeo. Um, And it's also not our first time all hanging out because Josie came with us to Paris, which was amazing. It was joyous. It was joyous and it really, really, really helped um, you know, from a very selfish, practical perspective as well, we had a masterclass in how to not freak out, uh, yeah. and how to <laughs> set ourselves realistic goals so that we could approach it in a way that felt, yeah, that it, that it was, it was going to be, um, it was amazing, psychologically it? positive as an experience.
3: Yeah I and I had no idea what you were going to deliver and this was like was it the evening before we did it yeah I had no idea what you were going to do and what you did I think was kind of quite life altering for a lot of people out there that had done Aww. you know people that were that were maybe doing their first ever half marathon but also lots of people that had done lots of races before but still had the nerves and things and you you just spoke through some really easy like techniques, like not witch doctory, but just actual things that work, stuff to kind of like take you out of the moment or to keep you in the moment, things to kind of keep your mind on, stuff that can really kind of just make that race experience so much easier. And I just think think that we just, we all came away just going, blown mind. And we're all diligently writing down who we were running each mile for and
2: You know, that kind of thing. And this was, you know, this was six months ago, I suppose, wasn't it? This was over six months ago. Yeah, April. Yeah, Yeah, and I still use a lot of the tactics that Esther and I were talking about them the night before, the Vitality 10,000. Like, we, you know, we still use it all the time. So I believe Esther has priority, really, of this chat, of of (laughs) really wanting to pick your brains but as well we just wanted to catch up because yeah for context for the audience who may not already know Josie we are all good pals. Indeed. Yeah so when I
4: heard your podcast maybe sometime last week um, and Esther you were talking about you feel a bit confident after you've done the runs because that's given you some really good evidence that Mm. you can do what you need to do but the days when you're not running that confidence can dive um, because you haven't had really good evidence beforehand. And I was like, there's so many cool techniques we can use to help boost that confidence. It's not the anxiety stuff. It doesn't feel like you've got lots of performance anxiety about it. Maybe that comes closer to the thing. (laughs) Um, But it it feels like you're doing all this brilliant training. You're thinking about it all the time. You work in this world. There are absolutely some tools that we can all use um, to really boost our confidence and to remind ourselves we have done all the things we need to do. So yeah, I thought if that would help, it might be a good opportunity to chat through
3: it. Uh, yeah, it would so help because I don't know if like I mean, loads of people I know are going to be training right now for like autumn marathons or or, or thinking about spring marathons that they might might have signed up for, and um, and I'm sure I'm, I really hope it's not just me. It's the it's that sort of feeling. It's not. It's kind of it, it it's, it's it's so bad at the moment that it's not even just on the days that i don't run where all of my confidence drains out of my ass it's like it's as soon as i finished a run you know it's just like it, and it's the kind of it's also criticizing the run that i've just done you know what I literally i'm criticizing the run that i have just done today I'm just like oh well, that was really bad and um and i don't i don't even know if it's to do with kind of worrying about completing the distance it's just sort of a general pervasive concern of not being up to the job in some way shape or form but that's what you're there for
4: (laughs) Kill, help me (laughs) so from what you've just said there I think there's two things that we could work on okay one of those would be learning to analyze each run and that's not a big job but it's collecting evidence after each run that's honest. Because our, our brains are designed for our survival. They don't care whether we're a good runner. They don't care whether we, they care whether we survive a marathon. Um, they don't care whether we thrive through it and whether we get a new PB or how well we do. <laughs> our, our brains at our absolute core just want us to survive. And so they become very good at remembering all of the negative stuff mm. that we come up with and very little of the positive stuff. Mm. purposely because it wants to remind you whoa that hurt don't do that again that was a dumb idea um so there is a kind of a threat part of our brain that's really focused on our survival and it will remember the negative stuff and yet absolutely I can guarantee that when you did that run there was some good stuff too and so we need to be able to get a bit more balance in our brain and we also need to go well what have I learned from that also, remember at the end of a run, you're going to be hungry. Your blood sugar levels will have dropped. Oh, yeah. And when our blood sugar levels are low, we're not able to use the logical, rational functions in our brain particularly well.
3: Mm-hmm.
4: The only bit that we really use is the emotional, dramatic one that's very catastrophic thinking and very black <laughs> and white and goes to the ends of the earth to tell us how awful everything is. So not even from a nutrition perspective, but I would say as soon as you get back from a run, fuel really well because actually you're fueling your brain just as much to be able to remember the positives as well as the negatives so five quick questions you can ask yourself when you get back from a run Mm -hmm. what did i do well and if it's just a regular run that might just be one or two things for a race you might go into more depth but what did i do well what could what didn't i do so well what will i stick with because sometimes if we have had a bad run, we want to get rid of everything and change everything. Whereas mm-hmm. actually most of it will have been fine. What would I like to change? And one action. And that action goes into wherever you collect your training, your training diary or training peaks, whatever you use. But as your reminder that no run is ever going to be perfect and I want to learn something from it so it was worth doing and I can take that action into my next next session I do. And another nice thing to think about when you finish a run, Mm. actually somebody said this to me on Twitter. It was one of those things that just absolutely stuck was that when it comes to running, about a third of your runs are going to be okay. A third Mm. of your runs will feel good. And a third of your runs will feel dreadful. But we tend to, because of that survival mechanism, we remember all the dreadful ones. Yeah, We don't remember the ones where we actually felt like a runner. Or we had that flow when we were going, or we hit the target that we'd set for it, or the fact we even finished it when it was a 20 miler. Yeah. We remember the negative ones. So so actually when you do that little bit of analysis to be able to like hook up afterwards, yeah, that was an average run. Yeah. That was a good one. Mm, yeah, didn't like that one. But if yeah. you look over a while, over a, a training session, training peak of how many you've done, you'll start to see they probably fall into thirds.
3: I, I, I also think that um, – because there's there's a thing on my Garmin at the moment and it asks me how I feel after every run. Um, and in some ways I quite like that, but in other ways I hate it because it's it's a moment in time. It's asking me how yes. I felt the second I finished the run. And nine times out of ten I'm putting either little flat face of it was okay – or like hard to somewhat hard, because it's the end of my run. So I'm absolutely shagged. Mm. (laughs) So I'm just like, oh, that was dreadful. But there are definitely, there have been definitely points within that run where I felt good and strong and happy. And, you know, but I don't get a chance to do my smiley face, because that's, that was two miles previously kind of thing.
4: So how about waiting? So you you press finish when you finish your run. But rather than pressing all those bits and getting it to download onto your phone, you leave it until you've eaten something.
2: Yeah. You get to those blood sugar levels are up again. Yeah. Yeah.
4: 10, 15 minutes of your brain having a bit of a refuel and you actually being able to get a little bit of space to reflect on it means you're more likely to remember the couple of miles that were really good rather than the fact that you're exhausted and you've just finished and now you've got X, Y and Z to do and it starts to real life starts to hit in as well but 10 minutes yeah. eat some food and then you might be able to be a bit more realistic
3: I think that the, and the fuel thing I think you've really hit the nail on the head there that also and I'm <clears throat> I again I really hope this resonates with other people that are listening that the fueling is something that has kind of completely gone out the window slightly because um and it's not to do with the long runs at the weekend that's fine I've got that sorted but the 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 shorter runs in the week they're now anywhere between seven, eight, nine miles. But I still, because I'm still considering them short miles, uh, short runs, I'm going out first thing in the morning and not eating anything at all. And I'm not taking gels with me because I'm like, well, it's only Mm -hmm. a short run. So for the last couple of miles, I'm absolutely on my (laughs) arse. Yeah.
4: Surprised. Right, well, you can have my mum look for going out early without eating. Um, and we know particularly, um, as a brilliant endocrinologist, I do lots of work with, and we refer clients to each other, Dr. Nikki Kay, and she's oh, got a yes. brilliant book all We've about her hormones. Yeah. Okay, cool. Mm. Her big thing that always resonates when we do workshops and stuff together is that women cannot get away with fasted training. Men's bodies seem to be able to handle it better, but we absolutely can't. And mm-hmm. we definitely can't when we start to hit our forties. So we really do need to fuel our runs effectively and and otherwise it starts to become a bit of wasted running. It's like junk miles when you're not fueling it well enough, you're Mm -hmm. not going to recover from it properly. You're not actually going to get the benefit because your body's trying to catch up afterwards and just do what it can. It's not actually kind of sucking up the training you've just done. Mm -hmm. So That's so interesting
2: yeah 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 I,
4: I spend so much more of my time than I ever imagined I would as a sports psychologist talking about nutrition because we have to fuel our brain to be able to handle mm-hmm. stuff that life throws at us um, and we have to fuel our body in order to really benefit from the training that we're putting into it
3: I feel I feel told off but in a nice way okay.
2: yeah in a gentle way way. but I do think that that's so that's so right because that's something Mm. that like you would that seems quite new for you Esther right doing this new training program you're doing through runner that um you are having to get up pretty early in the morning to do these runs Mm. um and usually you would have at least had a coffee you would have at least had like something before you go well it's
3: kind of I mean, the, the early runs, I'm used to the early runs. I'm, what I'm not used to is just the length of them, I think, is the thing. Is yeah, maybe it's more that, yeah. I would normally just, even for, like for the past two marathons I've done, I would normally, my my midweek runs would never be more than four, maybe five. I might have done a six at a stretch. Mm-hmm. But now these are kind of, these are generally seven or eight. That's kind of their general length that I have been for the last like, three, four weeks. That's a big, and chunky run. That's a chunky run. Yeah, it's Mm -hmm. a tough gig. So
4: I always think, take something out with you if you're going for about 45 minutes or over. Yeah. Um, Because that's going to help you recover afterwards. It's going to help you not have kind of mid-run tantrums, you know, well, mine definitely mid-run it's like yeah I don't like this anymore why am I a runner this is a stupid thing to be doing mm-hmm. why on earth am I doing this actually often it's just I've had a blood sugar low um and hangry it's bit,
2: hangry yes <laughs> mm-hmm.
4: a little bit of fuel would have made a really big difference yeah um and and the more evidence you're able to give yourself that you can cope with it and not have those mid-run tantrums the better that goes to fueling your overall confidence as well So what do I do? So right, after
3: this weekend is my last long, chunky run. And then, hopefully then, then I believe I'm going to be entering into taper, which I'm thoroughly looking forward to. But with taper comes um, a drop off in all the confidence, doesn't it? You get like mega sort of maranoia in those sort of few weeks where you're like, well, I'm not really running very much and don't think my legs are going to work and this I'm going to be puking halfway around and I'll probably poo my pants and all of those things just
4: yeah come
3: mm-hmm. in so are there any specific techniques I can use to make myself feel more confident in the kind of in these last sort of few scary yeah. weeks
4: yeah absolutely are you up for trying one whilst we record okay <gasps> I love okay. that. Only because there might be some vulnerabilities that come out. So, so if we go too far, that's absolutely fine. We can stop. But it's, it's fine. It I'm always on the verge really... of
3: tears, so it's fine.
4: Okay, <laughs> bring it on. <laughs> I don't try and make anyone cry.
3: Honestly, like just don't show me a John Lewis advert, and um, I should be all right. But um, normally, normally, okay. I'm always always heading on the verge. Or the, mm-hmm. or the
4: Norwich Football Club one this week. Didn't, oh my you god that i haven't one. seen yeah, that yeah i did see that yeah oh, see that. It's, it's it's worth a watch mm. actually for anyone that knows anyone with well we all know someone with mental health issues we it's one mm. in four of us um mm-hmm. but it, it's just a very very clever advert i guess oh yeah it really um, got making me. you think yeah. very differently but yes mm-hmm. I, I haven't known anyone yet to watch it who hasn't been Doesn't. sobbing a little bit by the end oh
2: am i'll watch it afterwards Esther, if I don't reply to emails for an hour. Have lunch first. (laughs) Get my blood sugar levels up before I to. Yes.
4: (laughs) Yeah, definitely. (laughs) Okay, so the thing I thought might be helpful, Esther, is a confidence jar. So this is because of our brain having that constant negativity. It's trying to keep you safe. It wants you to stay in your comfort zone. So the last thing a rational, intelligent, sensible brain wants to do is go and run a marathon. It's really (laughs) uncomfortable. It really hurts at times. There's going to be some pain. It's going to be a lot of discomfort. It doesn't want you to do it. So it's going to get really good over the next few weeks of giving you every single reason why you shouldn't do it. Every time you sneeze, it's going to be telling you you've got a cold and you're poorly. Um... Every time you feel a slight niggle, it will be telling you you're injured. Every time you get another work deadline or something else comes in, it will be pointing out, oh, maybe you shouldn't go. Maybe you should find an excuse. Mm -hmm. And it gets so good at this that when it starts to get that that anxiety, it sends around adrenaline and, and cortisol around your body, floods your body with them. And that can actually make you feel genuinely really ill. So I've known athletes that have traveled over to big, big races and never made the start line because the anxiety was just so strong that it, they genuinely felt that they were too poorly. They had a virus. They shouldn't go and race. Oh. So it can have a really strong physio- physiological effect on our body. So because you've got that part of your brain that's looking out for you, it loves you. Um, it just wants you to stay safe and it's giving you all these reasons why you shouldn't go and do this scary thing. We have to give it the reasons why we're going to do it. And I love doing this in something that's very visual And I'll literally put this in the post to you afterwards today. So you have a little jar that every time your brain goes, you can't do that. You go, I can, I've got evidence. So we want something physical. Um, And the athletes I work with, they keep theirs in their kit bags. I get brilliant photos from around the world of where their little, we call them tubes of truth normally. So their little tube of truth is on their (laughs) bedside table in their hotel room before they go off and they do a big event. But it's like your fake brain. To remind you of all the stuff you can do. Okay. So we'll do a shortened version. Yeah. You can add to this and keep on adding more and more. It should be a living, breathing thing that you add to. Okay. Start off. Three strengths that you have as a runner.
3: Oh. Um, stubbornness. Excellent. (laughs) Um... Um, oh, I'm good at fueling. Brilliant. Not before or after, but during. <laughs> after. During. <laughs> <laughs> I'm quite pleased with how that's gone. Um, um,
2: I don't know. What other strengths do I have as a runner? Am I allowed to give you one or have you got to think of them yourself? I was just going to say... You come
4: in later. Oh, oh
2: okay. I'm going to zip. Yes. But- uh, you know you've got more. Okay. Um, I feel like a. I feel like a sort of mum while well, you're in a spelling bee or something. <laughs> I, like, know, to the I know.
3: I know. It's a. It's <laughs> ar. Um, um. 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 I'm gonna say strong quads. There you go. Epic.
4: But also more of my mum look. Okay. You should have those to hand. They should be at the front of your brain. We all should as runners or as any, as people. Mm -hmm. We should all know what our biggest strengths are because we should be using them every day to be brilliant. And we don't, we bury them behind all the flaws and all the weaknesses and and all our insecurities and our worries. Mm -hmm. But it's really important if we're going to thrive that we know what our strengths are and we can kind of hand on heart go this, this and this. Um, And that can really help us just feel more comfortable more confident but it's a brilliant yeah. way to, this is a good way to start pulling them out in a way that we're just not used to no one walks up to you in the street and goes what's your strengths um <laughs> so but it's really helpful should. for us to know yeah, yeah. We, should. we should start walking out
2: to people and asking them i'm literally as as you're saying all of this Josie. i'm thinking of a friend who's been had a tough week and i was like, i need to text her all of this afterwards i need to go brilliant. and get her to think about her three strengths right. <laughs> yeah. you could what use it for anything
4: really? you can um what I tried to do during COVID and lockdown was I made these for my friends and then I put them in the post so that they would oh, open a little envelope and they'd so be lovely. reminded of how amazing they were. Mm-hmm. Um, because when you're in a difficult place, it's really hard to see some of that stuff yeah. for yourself. Even though everyone around you knows it, you're mm-hmm. kind of so focused on the stress and the anxiety, you can't see it. Mm-hmm. So it can be a nice thing to do for somebody else at times as well. Okay, the next one. Yeah. Three achievements of yours, Esther. Running achievements. Yeah, let's do running for this. But yeah, absolutely. Normally you can do every part of life.
3: Okay. Um, I'm going to say the first the first London marathon I did. Yeah, that was a biggie.
4: Why was it an achievement?
3: Um, it was because um, running with that many people was a very kind of anxious feeling and to be able to keep all of my strategies on point you know everything i kept everything right so much so that i remember my well because you can follow people on the london marathon can't you and and i remember my dad texting me afterwards something but but he was one of a couple of people that said oh i followed you and every single mile was the same you know, I was doing like 10 minute miles, like mm-hmm. like a robot, Amazing. A lot, you know.
4: And I stalked I, you the,
2: and I was amazed.
4: Yeah. And at the is time... That, is that another strength we can add then? Pacing? Mm-hmm. Pacing maybe, yeah. <laughs>
3: yeah. Um, and at the time I didn't see that as an achievement. I was just, I, I remember thinking, that's not, you know, is that good? Is that good? And then, but now with the benefit of hindsight, I think, yeah, no, that's great. It's great that I'm able yeah. to to block, to blinker and mm. to, to not, not set off too fast and to not to, um, and to just, you know, I just kept on focusing on my watch and the path ahead. And so, mm-hmm. yeah. And, and I felt okay. like with that first under marathon, I felt, it felt like a massive achievement to overcome the anxiety of crowds and other runners and newness and, and to complete that. So that was that was mm-hmm. Okay right another achievement another running one yep um I'm gonna say the new forest half that I did a few weeks ago because it was my happiest ever race oh I loved
4: hearing you talk about that one yeah (laughs) you could feel that joy for it
3: it was just so lovely and um And I was completely on my own, you know, I mean, I knew a little, you know, a couple of people very vaguely there, but I was completely on my own, but it was just, it felt as joyous as little trail runs and things I've done with a friend or runs I've done completely on my own with no other runners around me. But it's just, that I felt strong. I didn't put any time pressure on myself. I didn't want to finish it at, at all in any particular time. I wasn't even overly concerned about pacing. I just, I knew I had a bit, a bracket of pace rather than a specific pace time. And I was like, I'll yeah. just stay within that. And I didn't want to, I didn't want to do anything mental. And um, it was, yeah, comfy, beautiful, lovely, nice.
4: Aww. Yeah. Yeah, it was good. Okay. Excellent. And um, so I love that. It was your happiest ever race because you felt strong and you hit your process goals. Mm. You didn't have loads of outcomes you had to hit, but you had a way of doing it that you wanted to do and you stuck to that. Yeah. That sounds really positive.
3: Yeah, it was really good. One more achievement. Um,
4: Paris half.
1: Oh, it was, yeah, the best.
3: And that was nothing to do with my run, which I actually found slightly uncomfortable. Um, It was everyone else. It was just, it was seeing that lovely group of women all come together afterwards and before and the support and... You know, I'm I'm not I'm not that
0: sort of person. I'm not not that kind of extroverted.
1: plushcare.com slash weight loss person at all and I found quite a
3: lot of it sort of quite difficult but watching people come together and seeing the joy that occurred because of something that we'd done was mm. really really kind of overwhelmingly amazing
1: you
4: guys facilitated <laughs> all of that and every single person crossed the finish line
2: I know. That did feel that really, really, amazing. That was amazing. Yeah. <laughs> I think yeah, that's like right. top 10 life moments so far. Yeah. The fact that we all managed to do that. It, it, it was so cool. It was so cool. So cool. Brilliant. Yeah. Cool.
4: This is a bit of a trickier one. Three setbacks that you've overcome.
3: Um, the second London in-person marathon, which I did in April this year. Um, I I feel like I've overcome it it wasn't that it was an unpleasant race I did it in exactly the same time pretty much probably to the second as the one that I did in October but I just didn't feel happy when I'd finished it and I think it was the tricky second album issue Um, Mm -hmm. (laughs) and also I think it's to do with when you've done one and I'd done, I'd done the distance a few times before, but I'd not done the, the, you know, like an official marathon apart from the first one in October. And I think there was something to do with having done it in the same time and thinking that I'd not got any better or improved or, you know, or done something different. It all felt like the same run. And it was, it was only six months between the two of them. So it felt, it felt the same. I just didn't feel like, I I felt like, what's the point? And, um, mm-hmm. And I just, I just feel like going on from that, I just, I felt like I needed to seek out different kind of goals, different, different reasons for doing things rather than I knew that PBs couldn't be ever my goal because I'm never going to be a fast runner and I don't want to be. And it was, it was coming, it was finding the peace in that. Do you know what I mean? It's like, yeah. That my my reason for running races can't be those very obvious goals that lots of people run races for. It wasn't that sort of time. So it was kind of I, I liked eventually looking back at that second marathon, thinking to myself, actually that's kind of pushed me into thinking, I'm gonna find a I'll find a different goal, which is to see a different place or yeah. um to have a, another experience. And I think like the the um the new forest half was something that kind of really, really helped because it was another race, but it was so, it was like yin-yang, so different, um, very different experience and very kind of happy. So it was just sort of, um, I mean, I I, I did enjoy that second London, but um, yeah, it kind of, I think that felt like a setback and I feel like I've learned from it.
4: Amazing. Are there any other setbacks you've learned from?
3: Uh... (laughs) Um. Always carry tissue paper in my backpack now. That is a good one. Mm. Yeah, we'll add that. Yeah. That was a learn. Um, because <laughs> dock leaves weren't weren't fun. Oh, um, didn't do the trick. <laughs> 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 mm. uh, <laughs> no, I don't. I can't. Uh, probably. I can't think of anything.
4: That's okay. God, That's one to log for to, to, when you when your little jar arrives to put it Yeah,
3: I think
4: um, so. A difficult thing you've achieved in running, so not so it's not necessarily about the achievement. It's about you did something difficult. Um.
3: Yeah, I did. I did. In in the first year that I was in in the job, like doing doing women's running. I ran um, that Bath Beat. Oh um, no, it wasn't the first year. No, no, no. I tell you what. Sorry, I'm going to change that completely. It was, it was a couple of years ago, and I did the Bath Beat, which is a 26 mile loop of Bath trail walk run, um, with my friend Laura, and it was absolutely delightful. It was really, really, really good fun, and it's it's a, a gorgeous run but what was difficult was that I had done very little training beforehand um and I'd done um I think I'd done a half I think I'd run a half on on road I'd done no elevation and this had something like 2000 feet or something it was it was really toppy and there was big stairs at the end and there's all this sort of stuff and I was running it and and Laura at the time was training for I think race to the stones. And so she'd been doing lots of kind of ultra training and things. And I, it felt really, really, really difficult, really difficult. But we, and I might, may, maybe this is the wrong answer to this. Maybe this is something that, maybe this is a setback one. I don't know. But I remember I can now look back at that and think, Jesus Christ, I did that after doing, I only did 13 miles on road. And then I went and did 26 miles trail with like vertical climbs. And while eating rock cake, you know, there was a lot of multitasking going on. (laughs) Mm -hmm. (laughs) So that was difficult. And, and, but so brilliant when we finished that I immediately wanted to do it the following year. It was amazing. It was, and I don't really get racist like that very often. So that was great. Um, I don't know, is that a difficult thing if I answered the wrong?
4: Totally. But also Mm -hmm. this (laughs) isn't about having to sit in every category. It's about giving Mm. you memories that remind you, you can do really difficult things. So when your brain starts going to the oh can I do this, it's like you've yeah. got evidence you can. You did a difficult thing and you survived it. You finished it. Yeah. Eating rock cakes. Amazing. Rock cakes. But there are there
3: are a lot uh, of other races that have been really, really super difficult. And I think Holly's probably witnessed me doing a few of those. Like Berlin was hard. Mm-hmm. Um, I tell you what was really super hard. Do you remember that the virtual bath half that we did that we hadn't even signed up to when we did that? We both had that quite was a tough time when really we did that. To hard. be honest,
2: <clears throat> I feel yeah. like that was very early into the days of the podcast as well. Yeah, and I, I did. I feel like we're we're very honest with our audience now, and they know the ins and outs of exactly. I think they would be able to tell if we if we said we felt a certain way about something and we didn't. But back in at that time, I really yeah. felt like because we had started doing this kind of workshop thing as like, this is going to help you run the best half marathon and you're going to feel brilliant and look at us go, we're going to yeah. do it. And then we both kind of saw each other afterwards. like we I think we'd recorded the pod episode and been like, it was great, it was great. I think Esther was yeah. a bit more honest, but I remember then seeing you afterwards and us both being like, actually, that was like really, really crap. Like it not was great, shit, not it? great. It, it was, was just th- shit. It was so hard to do without, without support. And I had a friend running it with me and I still found it incredibly difficult. And I think that you on your own, Esther, I I really would have potentially given up, but you didn't. And I think that that's Mm, a really important thing. You didn't. Do you know,
3: it was, I I reckon that was the start of my, my kind of like uh, understanding that PBs went for me because it was my last time that I really, really went for it. And it was the the night before that, I knew that my last half marathon, I'd come in at two hours and a few minutes. And I was like, do you know what? Tomorrow, I'm going to try and do a sub two hour. Hadn't trained for it. You know, I'd done, I'd I'd sort of plodded the distance a bit, but I'd not trained for it. And I just thought, yeah, I'm just going to go for it. So I just checked up the pacing and I was like, oh, 909 each mile. Yeah, I'll do that. And because I'd never trained for it. It was the most painful and the most unrewarding half marathon I've ever done. Just going up and down on the towpath, felt like shit, really, really painful. Did it in two hours and two minutes. You know, so all of that pain for no gain. And so it's the fastest half I have ever done. And after that, I was like, right, that's it. I wash my hands of this PB nonsense. <laughs> I'm mm-hmm. never doing it again. And that, like, you know, the new Forest Half, I think I did it in two hours, ten. And I was like, it's lovely.
4: <laughs> <Cool>. <laughs> so, right. so, yeah, that so, was hard. Brilliant. So, Holly, this is where you come in. Okay. Three things. This is where we want no crying. Three mm-hmm. things you really admire about Esther. Oh, God, I'm literally
2: going to cry Don't already. I'm, I'm
3: already crying. <laughs>
2: i feel like this is what like i wish that you could see you through my eyes sometimes when we talk we talk about running because i do look at you and i'm like what a force of nature you are with with running and okay so i guess i guess first thing that i admire so much that i wish i could just like take a slice of and i try all the time but um (laughs) is how you you're just so determined and you don't let excuses get you down you know you don't give yourself um reasons to not do things um and I guess that's like in a way like knowing your own strength a bit and um trusting yourself but also just I know sometimes it could it can seem as though maybe it's you beating yourself up but I think deep down it's you knowing that you're capable and and doing it and going for it and and pushing through pain even if it's going to be a bit tough um and I wish that I had the the determination and the and the mental strength that it takes for you to do that that even on the tough days you get up and you do it whereas on the tough days I'm like well let's have another little coffee and a nice lion and I think you know you get up and you and you do it that's my first thing
3: oh.
2: uh my second thing is you maybe this is a bit too similar but you're not 'Cause I sometimes think that you see yourself as somebody who's a bit co- who's who's quite prudent, maybe. <laughs> like I think I think sometimes you think, Oh, I'm I'm quite a careful, cautious person. And I think that mm. you're you're someone who like who likes to know, you know, if we're going somewhere together, Esther will have printed out the train tickets three weeks before I or whatever. And like <laughs> you are that <laughs> you are that kind of person. You're organized. But I think Actually, you're you're quite a risk taker with with running stuff. Like you do sign up to things that I would never dream of, and you put your hand up for things, even though you know that it is going to be quite manic and it's going to be tough. Like I think you you probably don't see yourself like that, but I do see you as massively somebody who is brave. You're brave. Um, oh, that's a lovely oh, thing to say. Thank you. I think that... Have I said a million? Thank I think you. I technically have a you third. Said, <laughs>
4: I've written down eight from those. <laughs> That'll do, Hall. <whole. laughs> okay. And cool. um, the final question, you're going to really struggle with this one, not because there isn't a good answer to it, but because you're British. Um, the thing you love most about yourself... Oh Jesus.
3: Uh, that's one I've got to answer.
4: Yeah. Am I allowed to say my feet?
3: <laughs> um, you do love your feet, don't you? I don't know.
2: You are quite pretty. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Watch out, as it's just gonna be on dot uh, celebrityfootpicks.com. Foot fetish.
3: Yeah. <laughs> um what do what do I love about myself? Yeah. big silence not great for a podcast is it um uh <laughs> aud- aud- audibly awkward um I I don't know I think it I think I think maybe 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 it's um tying into if I can repeat a sort of slight strength and maybe tie into something that Holly just said and I think maybe it's Um, determination stroke bloody mindedness that once I've started something I have to finish it so yeah that maybe I don't know if I love it the most about myself but it's a thing (laughs) so
4: okay can I read these back to you? are we going to make you blush? yes you are so going in your confidence jar
3: i have
4: got stubbornness I'm good at fueling during races I've got strong quads I do In my first London Marathon, I was really anxious with running with so many people, but I did it. I'm good at pacing. I can get really blinkered when I'm running and stay focused. Um, At my New Forest was my happiest ever race because I felt strong and I stuck to my process goals. Paris Half, I facilitated everything and it all came together. I made other people joyous in their running. My second London marathon in April felt like a setback because I didn't necessarily enjoy it, but I still signed up for another marathon and I learned to really find other goals and reasons for running. I always carry tissues. Um, (laughs) The Bath Beach uh, trail walk run was really, really difficult and I had no training, but I still did it. The Bath virtual half was really difficult and yet I finished. I am a force of nature, I'm determined I don't let excuses get me down I push through discomfort Um, I get up and do it even on the tough days I'm organised, I take running risks even though I know they're going to be difficult I am brave and I love my determination and bloody mindedness
3: That has made me cry
2: (laughs) (laughs) For the listener, she's a wreck Oh, that's so nice so the goal oh. being
4: when the maranoia kicks off and when you haven't run for a day or two and suddenly there's that little voice in your head going oh are you sure you can do this you have got I don't even know how many are on there but that's probably maybe 25 30 reasons I'm still sniffing why you don't off, need to listen to it
2: don't so worry you, you only Dave cares it. only Dave cares about Dave sniffing cares. we don't care <laughs> sniff away <laughs>
4: we're <laughs> in the audio. Audio. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, so yeah. So you've got all of those reasons. You will hear that voice in your head because that voice is trying to keep you safe. But you can now have a different conversation with it because you've got all of those things that remind you. You've got evidence that you can do this. You've got all of the mental skills and capacity to be able to do it. And even if there's a setback, which there will be, because marathons always have a setback at some point along the way, they're, you're out there for a long time. You can overcome it. You've done difficult things before.
3: You've destroyed me this morning. <laughs>
2: what she does best but I do think that yeah it's like it's like if you're and maybe it's not the most positive thing to be fair Josie for me to put it in the sense of it being like an argument it's not an argument but I guess when you're having that conflict in your brain that it's like you've prepared your counter for it so you know what you're going to say back to any of those things that might flash up and try and put you off
4: yeah and, th- and that's why we design it that way. So it's like you have that voice. We all Almost everybody has that kind of commentary that goes on in their head. Mm. But we try and actively tune in so we can listen to it and have a proper conversation rather than just trying to block it out and pretend it doesn't exist. And all of that evidence starts to be part of the conversation. And then the other element to really soothing it, why are you doing it? Mm. And if we know our goal or our purpose or our reasoning or our values – And it could be any of those, but you have something that is strong enough to make you go, do you know what? I hear you, but I can do difficult things and I've done things that are harder than this before and I'm going to cope and I am doing it because, and you Mm. have that strong because, then it makes it a very different conversation where you're in charge and your ambitious, diligent, driven bit is in charge rather than the anxious, scared bit. And it changes the whole process of, of going through those moments.
3: I'm flawed. <laughs> oh, thank you so much, Josie. I think I just that think was that's, amazing, Josie. Yeah, it's just amazing. It is amazing, and it's. I think it's. I do think it's bonkers. The kind of. I know. I know. It's. It's state in the bleeding obvious, but I think it. It. It's still overwhelming when you are when you kind of can grasp the concept that your brain is in like controls your body because you, your brain you know when, when something goes it's like when you're going for a run and you can feel a little twinge in your calf and your brain says well that's it you fucked you know mm. and but also it is also your brain that can say oh no 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 you you do get little crampy feelings after a few miles I bet you yeah. in a couple of steps it will just go away and then lo and behold it does so, like, mm-hmm. is that kind of the Yeah, having those conversations and um yeah, being able and, to And
4: accepting that there's different bits of our brain that want different things for us. Because yeah. it is just one thing, but I can't remember how many neurons something like six billion neurons are supposed to be in it, and constantly changing and developing and adapting and figuring out what's going on around us. So it feels like it should just be one thing. But actually if we can get our heads around that there's different bits that need different things from us. Mm. And that's why with the athletes I work with, we we talk about their amygdala, which is this threat system that's trying to keep you safe. But we name it. We give it a character. They usually get a little fluffy key ring that they chat to. Um,
2: <laughs> but Love you, that. when you
4: really get to know it, it can change massively how you behave and how you respond to it. Um, And so listening to it and being able to pick up the themes of the things it says to you, mean, as soon as those thoughts pop up, instead of being like, yes, you're right, I should stop. You get to think very clearly. Ah, mine's called Lazy Larry that lives in my head. Lazy Larry wants me to take it easy at all times and do as little Mm -hmm. as possible. But I'm like, oh, great. Here comes Lazy Larry again. Right, Lazy Larry. And then I can go off into all those thoughts. And then I'm like, and I hear you, don't want me to do this. It's outside my comfort zone. But I'm going to do it anyway because. Mm-hmm. And it, it just, it really changes the conversation. But it feels less like you're beating yourself up. Yeah. It's like, yeah, there's this part of my brain that wants me to stay safe. And that's, that's great. But that's not going to help me with my ambitions and to reach my potential and do all the stuff I really want to do. So, yeah. Thanks for telling me. I know you love me. I know you're trying to keep me safe. However,
3: Mm -hmm. it just
4: changes the conversation. Yeah.
3: Yeah, I love that. And I do have, there are quite a lot of conversations that go on up there. So that's... um... Oh, it's (laughs) relentless,
2: isn't it? Isn't it?
4: You know, very, very occasionally, though, I meet people that don't have that head commentary.
2: No, Doug. (laughs) My partner, Doug. He... Well, maybe this sounds like I'm slagging him off, but honestly, I feel like if you sliced open his brain, it would be like there's a Simpsons episode where there's just like a little a little monkey with symbols in Homer's head. That would be what was happening at all times.
4: <laughs> That'd be a lovely place to be, not needing to control it or
2: change it. But... I know, just floating on by. <laughs> yeah.
4: But, but I think for about 95% of us, we have we have that little commentary going on. And if we can learn how to change the commentary in, into more of a conversation rather than just listening yeah. to it, you yeah. yeah. don't get those super big dips in confidence.
3: Oh, Josie, you've been an absolute marvel. I'm destroyed, but you've been an absolute marvel.
2: <laughs> it's been fun. Thank you, Josie. It's been so lovely to catch up as well. It, it has. I hope that anyone listening, if you've got, you know, if, if even if it's not a marathon, if you've got a big race coming up, then, take all of that in and yeah, maybe get a pen and paper out and pause those questions as we go along so that you can answer them yourself. Make your own confidence that, yeah. jar. That or is a really choose. good yes.
3: idea, Hall. Really good mm-hmm. idea, Hall. Spoken like a true professional. Oh, thank
2: you. Oh, God, thank, you know so much, all, thank, thank you so much, guys. We're all being very professional today. Oh, apart <laughs> from me, who's just crying <laughs> quite
3: Paul, I've got some big news. Oh, yeah? You know, we do a very brilliant actual magazine as well as this podcast, yeah?
2: I'm aware (laughs) and sometimes involved.
3: (laughs) Well, you can get your hands, if you don't have it already, on your very first copy of Women's Running for just
2: 99p because you're our pod squad. 99p! That's actually amazing. That's like not that much more than a Freddo. (laughs)
3: No, I don't even know if Freddo's cost more than 99p. No, they People might do, go actually. With it. They might do, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so all you need to do is go to shop.womensrunning.co.uk and enter podcast when it asks you for a promotion code and you'll get a copy for
2: 99p. Isn't that lovely? That sounds epic to me. Um. Uh, well, right. yeah, know. that was yeah. a whole bag of emotions. I found that very emotional yeah. just from the perspective of watching you like have some kind of realizations I suppose during that chat yeah it was um
3: it was amazing I I yeah it was it was really it was really I I don't want to say upsetting because it wasn't upsetting but it was very very emotional and I think I think to be fair I think training for a long distance is emotional I think if you're if you're training for anything actually I don't know no scrap the long distance training for any goal is emotional because it's mm-hmm. it's for a lot of us it's it's a, a distance or a thing that we may never have done before or if we have done it before it, we're, we're aiming for like another kind of goal within that kind of that that race and it's it It's just the culmination of effort. You know, I know we've said it loads of times before, but the race day is not the thing. It's all of the fucking training. It's not, you know, for me, it's not the 5th of November when I do the New York Marathon. It's the fact that I started training in June. It's been my entire summer. It's been like a third of the year of dedicated training. And I guess it's little wonder that I get to a few weeks out from the race. And my longest, longest runs, and I'm just a a bag of shite. I just I can't, you know. Everything is it's. I'm so exhausted from the training, but it's been yeah. my life for so long, and like mixed up in all those emotions, it's not only the exhaustion, but it's the it's it's also the the, the dead end of it. It's like, what the hell am I going to do on the sixth of November?
2: You know, it's like you are going <laughs> to be drinking <laughs> martinis with olives in them. Um, <laughs> and eating deep dish pizza oh no actually are... new york that's it's thin pizza isn't it that we that we have there oh, i think i hope so. well it's whatever I know. It, it's just pizza yeah, <laughs> um, it's, yeah it's, it's gonna just... be yeah there's gonna be many it's, many yeah. treats to look forward to maybe it is worth mm. i mean having something in the diary that's like because Doug was saying this to me the other day and I think that Mm. even me and I am very very easy on myself famously I actually did a self-care quiz the other day that was like you could be even easier on yourself and I was like oh my god but um (laughs) it um he was like one thing that I do forget to do a little bit sometimes is like I'm rushing around and um I think I view the fact that I might you know lie in bed and scroll on my phone this morning for example instead of getting up and doing my strength training as being easy on myself but actually Mm. what I am doing is being a bit horrid to myself I'm saying you're a bit crap and you're rubbish and you're not good enough to do this I think the one thing that we really should all be easier on ourselves with is the bit afterwards like don't have too many conversations in your brain before the training thing before whatever it Mm. is that you're dreading before the big you know the job interview the whatever it is like Go into it and try not to kind of have too much back and forth if you can possibly avoid it with excuses or with telling yourself you're rubbish. Just get it done. The conversation mm. in our brains, I think, should be afterwards because that's when it gets difficult. That's when you start to go well you you know you built up so much for that, didn't you, and what it's done now? what you you know w- what good did that do or you weren't even very good at that or you didn't that's when the tough bit comes in and that's when the self-love if you pardon the expression sounding a little bit like wanking um indeed (laughs) that's when that comes into it I think where it's like Mm. you need to celebrate your wins and um yeah yeah you know making sure that you carve out time to actually because it's you know We all feel, our brains will feel however they're going to feel after a big thing, and especially something like a marathon that's so mentally draining. But also to an extent, Mm -hmm. you get to decide how you feel a little bit. You might feel a bit rubbish, but you get to choose to go, okay, I feel a bit crap, but I'm still going to make sure that I carve out some time to whatever it looks like for you. Go and see a show Go and get a have yeah. a glass of prosecco. Go and you know do something that have a lovely long bath. Do something that makes you feel like I bloody deserve this because I should celebrate yeah. my wins.
3: Do you know what? I think you're absolutely right. I think there's there's um, uh, that was one of the cock-ups with London in April. Like when mm. I did London in October. I was so thrilled with myself that the fact that I didn't particularly celebrate it afterwards was neither here nor there because I felt so thrilled that I'd done it. And it was the first time I'd done it in person and blah, blah, blah. Yeah. The second time I did it, I had no, I didn't celebrate it at all. Just came back on the train, walked in, you know, I mean people around me were 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 chuffed for me on my behalf and stuff but i didn't do anything i hadn't booked anything in and i've realised now as a grown up it's a bit like birthday celebrations a bit like those that if mm. you want to do something it's a really good idea for you to just do it <laughs> kind of thing yeah. like last year i did nothing really for my birth i don't remember doing anything at all and um and I remember afterwards, just, you know, leading up to it, I just thought, well, I don't want to do anything. You know, it's near Felix's birthday. I don't want to do anything. Um, and then as soon as it's the day after your birthday, it's like, oh, bollocks. I wish I'd done something. I know. And I think it's quite easy to thrust out kind of annoyances to the people nearest to you thinking, why couldn't they read my mind? And even though I was saying I don't want to do anything, do something for me. And this year... I realize that that's that's what I do and it's really stupid and if I want to do some nice things then I should just organize it or tell people that that's what I want to do so
2: me too yeah I think I, it's a really good thing I get worried about putting other people out and I'm like oh I don't mm-hmm. want I sort of want it to come from them because I want to know that they want to do it I want to know that it's not me sort of t- I don't want to be responsible I guess for other people's Mm. moods or other people's opinions if it's a bit rubbish or if they didn't really want to do that in the first place but actually it's a bit victim modey isn't it it's like if you want it it to do it you just bloody do it just do just it do you're it. not a victim, you're a legend and you get to decide if you want to have a birthday party yeah exactly
3: exactly and so i think like yeah after new york you no know, you're absolutely right that i should we just, I just need to kind of create some, some, some bits and pieces to to celebrate it because it is a, it's a big yeah. old thing, and um, and that will we'll be a nice. thing. will do something in New York together,
2: to, and that will be lush yeah, when you course. finish, so that yes, it feels exciting. But I also yeah. think it is worth, like, y- like you saying about, um, about London before when it was like it's hard to ride that wave isn't it you get on the train Mm. and the euphoria starts to disappear and then when you got when you get home and it's just you know Dave and the kids and normal life and people need packed lunches making and people and it just (laughs) all dissipates whereas I think it's a good idea to try and keep your ride your wave of of feeling really really euphoric that you've done this amazing thing um that will do some great things in New York but also maybe a night when you get home, you should be yeah, like, "I'm going to have, I'm going to get something. a bottle in." And yeah, mm. yeah.
0: yeah, I think that would be like, nice. And it
2: is, do you know, it, it feels really, really weird
3: now, though, because we are three weeks away, whole three. I know weeks.
2: I can't believe it. I'm. I feel fucking awful because I've got nothing to worry about apart from a <laughs> long haul flight. I feel so <laughs> selfish that I don't feel like I'm allowed to say to you that it's, uh it's um only three weeks away but yeah it's only three it's also the the
3: nice the nice thing there is that I Mm. have just
2: done my very very longest run so I've finished please tell me about that that's what I want to ask you about because just in time also the listener may not know for Esther's birthday this week so I'm hoping you're feeling quite good because you've ticked off the nastiest run and you've got hopefully some nice things to look forward to this week
3: I do have some nice things to look forward to this week, and 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 it does feel really nice that I can look forward to my birthday on the back of you know at, at the beginning of taper. It's so nice because I just it means that particularly oh, yeah. this week I can just drink all the drink and eat all eat and oh, I've yeah. got all the totally. food to eat for the next three weeks, which is great. And I but I don't we're not so close that I have to think right must stop boozing. So isn't it because mm-hmm. we're not like a week away or something? So I feel like I can properly indulge this week. I do have some kind of meaty runs this week, but I mean, they're not, they're not as bad as last week. And so, you yeah, know, so you're Sunday, a superhero now, you know, I can do it's it. Like, I can do it. Yeah. yeah. So Sunday I did my, I was supposed to have done the bath half on Sunday. So yesterday was the day of the bath half. And in the end I decided not to do it because I just I just couldn't cope the stress of having mm-hmm. seven extra miles to fit in as well as the bath half and all the stress of running a race as well and I am so pleased with my decision um, so I did my normal thing of go- running up the canal path and back and it was a glorious day yesterday um, and on my plan I was supposed to be doing a progressively faster 20 miles um, so and, and I kind of, I did a thing, it's really nice because when you turn on your Garmin, cause it links into runner, you can either accept the run that you've been given or you can choose to not accept it. So I dismissed it, but oh, I yeah. wrote on my hand, I wrote on my hand the paces I should be trying to, trying to get to. Um, so I, because it was like, you know, after six miles do this and after six miles do this kind of thing. Um, so I wrote that on my hand so I'd have it as a reference. Um, and it was great and I did it. Actually, I did it and it was fine. And so my last, I'd say my last five, six, five miles were all under 10 minute miles. Um, So I did, proper, I did a proper negative split. That's very impressive.
2: So, well done. Yeah. You're a star. Thank you.
3: And I felt, I felt, I just felt really, um, you know, as I was complaining to Josie just minutes ago, just saying, I hate that thing on the Garmin where it comes up with a, how did you feel? And actually yesterday I am, when I finished, I immediately felt, strong and pretty good with myself. So You are strong and um, good. So it felt I'm really glad. Nice. Apart from my calf, my left calf was not not a million percent amazing. So I'm gonna have a bit of a foam roll after this. Um and then I've got to do um I've got to do a six mile easy um, oh, cool. which will
2: be fine.
0: So
3: yeah, good it's luck, okay. It's okay. Thank you, thank you. It'll be all right, I guess. I hope.
2: Actually I that hope. did make me think as well, we should we should shout out because We both skived off the Bath Half this year, but there will have been Mm. plenty of you who didn't. So shout out to you guys! Uh, Amsterdam Marathon Uh, was this weekend, wasn't it? That was yesterday. There was loads of 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 halves actually
3: going on. Yeah, quite a lot of halves. I think there was an Oxford one. I think there was a Manchester one. There was yeah, there was quite a few going on. So um,
2: big well well done to everybody. Yeah, let us know if you if you did one, and and also in, Mm. in fact, feel free to join patreon where you'll have access mm-hmm. to our pod squad discord uh, where we have a little medal mondays uh sort of chat thing going on um and it's always lovely as well to see some of you guys meet up with each other i saw uh beth and deb um yeah had seen each other in person which looked extremely lovely wearing women's running mm-hmm. t-shirts as well which was they great were. i did notice that so, yeah, shout out to you guys. But also, I was thinking, Esther, for you then, mm. as a helpful thing, mm. if you would like to um, write in and let us know if you've run a race recently, I would love for you to let us know what your treat to yourself was. Um oh, And yeah. give us some ideas. Yeah.
3: I would love that, particularly because I know it's not just me now. After whinging about it on the pod, like, ages and ages ago, I whinged about the fact that I don't have a running family. I mean, apart from, you know, our pod squad. Um, mm-hmm. I don't have a running family at home. Like, you know, my my partner doesn't run. My kids only, you know, they run to, you know, the sweet shop and back. And that's kind of, you know, mm-hmm. and they'll, they'll, they run. But no one is a runner, which means that no one understands. And um, so I think that one of the issues about not celebrating is because yeah because you run home and you, you think oh yeah shit I've got to put a wash on I've got to do this got to do that da, 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 and it can all because it, it just gets to the bottom of the pile quite quickly um yeah so I'd, I'd love to hear from people who don't have running partners because I think if you do have a running partner then then they understand and so they, they know they know that you want to celebrate and so that they you can celebrate with them and things like that um so yeah I'd love to know what people do if they don't have you know, Sophie Power's husband or, you know, Anna with partner. Yeah, I (laughs)
2: think, yeah, because then you can do exactly what we were saying earlier, which is like, you don't have to rely on mind reading. You can express your views clearly and communicate them clearly and be like, hey, I've heard about this person who, I don't know, they went and... uh, got favourite Deliveroo and watched favourite film or whatever the night mm. of. And I thought that was a really lovely idea. I'd love to do that. And actually also, Dave, listen up because he <laughs> should be listening to this episode. So, <laughs>
3: <laughs> but it's up to me, isn't it? If I want to, cause I'm so, mm-hmm. e- it's so easy to come back from these big things and realize that you've taken so much time out of your family. So the guilt is huge. And so you yeah, you, you I think it's easy to dismiss it because you're just like, Jesus, right, I've been away from home for three days and for the last six months all I've been doing is talking about running, which is really boring if you don't run, and also taking time out from the family so that the other person has to do like a, a bigger share of childcare or whatever. It's all a bit boring for people that don't mm. run. And so to then come back from you know in this instance three days in new york and say right i want to celebrate what i've just done and it's like what well, celebrate being on holiday in new york come on it seems a bit rich doesn't it so it's like it's kind of um if i want to do something then i it should be on my shoulders to think about what it is i want to do to make myself feel celebrated and then make that happen
2: yeah and it's I hope show. that you can, dis- I do understand that, but I hope that you can dispel some of that stuff because even though it's amazing and it does feel very glamorous and very exciting and I do feel extremely lucky to have the jobs that we have, um, mm. but, uh, and I sh- I'm sure it must be even more difficult if you're away from dependence in your life, um, but you are also going on a trip that I, you know, a couple of years ago we would have been absolutely shit scared to do i don't think either of yes. us would be brave enough to go on a long-haul flight and go to new york for a few days so no. i think we should be incredibly proud of that it's not just a holiday it's a work trip and also mm-hmm. um it's to do this incredible thing that you are it, it's not just your fourth third marathon i don't fourth marathon fourth third math yeah fourth one, third in person but fourth marathon mm. um it's not oh this is my fourth marathon i've done it before i'm just having a jolly going off and going and doing it in this amazing place which it is too it's your first marathon as a uh woman in her 50s which is an amazing achievement Fuck. that's a horrible I know. thing to say but that's true know, though, i know i felt a bit evil saying that but actually genu- i mean that in the best way like that's incredible that's a new age category that you're dominating, and um, <laughs> and it's an it's an that's an incredible thing to do, and yeah, it is exhausting, and you've trained so hard, and I hope that you can yeah rid yourself of any of that guilt, and you're not asking too much of people by being like, "Can we take an evening to just celebrate how marvelous I am?"
3: Because yeah, you are that does that is that is crazy, isn't it? Fifty,
2: I'll be fifty. You will. You'll be a half centinette. Sorry. Why am I saying all of this? <laughs> Stop it. Stop it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh. oh God. No, it's yeah. incredible because you are because nobody in the living world believes that you're 50 when anyone says that. <laughs> you are looking so good and you are right so now, strong not. and you're going to be so amazing. <laughs> I'll tell
3: you what, I I tell you what we could do. Mm. And, and, and I don't know how much fear this would strike into your heart, but I would love, just for the stats, I would love to do a park run within the first month of turning 50 because I would have moved up from, I won't be V45 to 49. I'm going to be V50, which means I've got a hope in hell of bothering the lower numbers. So that'd be quite oh,
2: good. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, let's do it. We could either do it as part of your taper or we could do it um, when you get back, if you want, so we can feel a bit more relaxed.
3: Oh, do it when we get back. Then we go for
2: coffee afterwards. It'd be nice. Oh, yeah. Big pastry. (laughs) Big pastry. Uh, But
3: as soon as we do get back, one of the big things, the big things we have to do um, is like, so we get back on the 6th. And then that goes straight into... I know, right? (laughs) Um, The big thing we have to do is on the 9th of November, we are going to be in that London at Sweaty Betty in Battersea Power Station doing a live event with Jenny Faulkner. And we have got tickets that you can get to come along. Um, It's in the evening, so on a Thursday. So hopefully it's kind of easy for people that live, uh, you know, in London to get to. and we are going to be doing an evening all about running a ten k, um, with lots of tips and advice and fun stories. It's going to be a live pod record. We're going to film it. Um, we're going to have goodie bags. We have got a spectacular wine thing
2: going on, and I don't think I've I'm even really said, have excited I sent that to about you? the wine thing. Have I sent it to you? Uh, oh well, you, you told. I haven't seen a picture of it. You told me about the 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 potential, but is that Please send me the picture.
3: Oh my god, it's great. It's like you know you get wine in a can. Yeah. yeah? So it's lots of wine in cans and stuff. They they're going to be supplied oh, yeah. from an enormous can of wine. So like there's going to be a great big kind of refrigerated um can and there's going to be a lovely person who's going to be giving us the wine that we would like. So that's that's rather fun, isn't it? so yeah oh I, know, I know how cool it is that i think gonna know, get or i know it's gonna be brilliant so we've got so we've got that we've got goodie bags which are worth quite a lot of money because there's some um you get some sweaty betty socks in there you've got some sachets of colo in there the nice collagen drink mm-hmm. um and you've got um um oh we've got our bookazine which is worth eight pounds i know That's i realize that
2: some of you may have already got that but you can get another hmm. one give it to a friend i oh, sorry and um, i keep on calling it book a i
3: need to not do that sorry it's our special issue of the magazine which is the how to run yes. 10k um,
2: we have discovered during the marketing of this that nobody knows what a bookazine is, is. No. um nobody it's a anymore. bad bad word bad word bad word uh but yeah anyway it is going to be yeah. it's going to be awesome isn't it um very yeah, very exciting you'll even get a women's running bag I do think that's going to be the thing you're most excited about, uh, but they might you be. Know, you'll knows? get one anyway. Yeah. It's going to be a joy. Um, I'm really, really excited. Be we've been uh, practicing for our little show in terms of what we're going to say. I can't believe we've got Jenny. That's been uh, such an exciting thing that we couldn't announce last week when we uh, put the tickets out. Um mm-hmm because we need to confirm that that was definitely happening before we told everybody, and then she went, no, I'm not. Um, But Jenny (laughs) Faulkner is definitely joining us, and it is going to be a really lovely opportunity. There's going to be some audience participation. Bring some of your running tales of various kinds, um, because we're going to be asking you for some some bits. Not if you don't want to. Audience participation is my heaven. Other people's hell, I appreciate. So uh, you won't be forced.
3: Not obligatory, involved, not obligatory,
2: but, but um, yeah, yeah. that would
3: be, that'll be fun. And and we'll, we've got time before and after for just general chats, so just kind of milling about, drinking wine, having a browse of what's on offer in Sweaty Betty Battersea. Um, it's just yeah, going to be gonna like be, a little
2: girls' night out, women's
3: night it's out. It's going to be lovely. It's going to be lovely. I will I put the link in the show notes. Links can fall off show notes, we've discovered. Um, so if you would like to come and the link has fallen off, then um, you just need to go to Eventbrite and search for Women's Running and it will pop up.
2: I'm going to pop some stuff on stories over the next couple of days as well. um, Just so that we've got, I don't think we've announced it whatsoever on socials yet. So um, Mm. I'm going to do a little bit of that. Uh, But yeah, it would be a joy to see so many of you in person. It might feel a bit scary, but, um, and I totally understand Um, but honestly, the, the meetups that we've had, you know, the vitality, um, things that we've done before when we went to Paris together on holiday, which seems mental, um, that was six months ago now, but it feels a long time ago, a long time ago, um, that yeah anything like that it would be um it would be really really lush um to see you because it always ends up being the most cozy lovely welcoming warm group and it there's there's nothing um frightening or intimidating about the pod squad they're a good bunch not at all and big fans of love is blind yeah (laughs) (laughs) yes
3: they are (laughs) and actually um also if there are any wobbles about um if you're worried about turning if you don't know anyone and you haven't come to one of our events before and you might be coming on your own it's quite a small cozy space isn't it so we're not talking mm. hundreds and hundreds of people so there's there's um so it's not lots and lots of people that that you have to navigate Um be quite sort of intimate I believe is
2: the word yeah yeah it's so, not going to be yeah. hundreds of people it, you know if, if you're a bit nervous about vitality because of the amount of people um mm. it's going to be more like paris numbers of people um it it's quite small um, and just mm-hmm. a chance to get together and, and have a chat and a glass of wine and meet like-minded runners as well. I think that's so often is a thing that um, mm. I forget to say in our genuinely in our just sort of yeah. marketing, but, um, but, you know, I know that that's a thing that as Esther was saying earlier, if you've got people in your life who don't necessarily get it, then come and have an evening out with some people who do. <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. I could
3: not have said that better myself. That's that's the thing, and we've we've been watching this happen all over the place, haven't we? And it's been so lovely to see women find each other, essentially, and whether that's because um, they 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 become friends because of geography, you know, um, through through the pod that they meet up, and and suddenly they realise that actually they live in the same vicinity, and they can go to park runs or to races or whatever, and meet up there, which is wonderful. Um, Or or even if we're like bloody miles away to meet up at events like this, it does give you give you that kind of that wonderful warm feeling of knowing that you are surrounded by people that yeah, absolutely get it. And Mm -hmm. that will always support you and be your cheer squad when you're running. Yeah, especially if you don't particularly have that at home. Um, which I don't. So, <laughs> you know, definitely. Um, just definitely. It's a
2: wonderful thing. It's a wonderful thing. So, yeah, do come. Be lovely to see you. Do come. See you there. Can't wait. Yeah. We're going to be so jet lagged, but it's going to be epic.
3: Thank you for listening. Come and join us on Patreon. You can get a ton of extra Pod Squad benefits from just £2 a month, including newsletters, live chats, and you can join our exclusive Discord community for friendly chat and support with like-minded women runners. Go to patreon.com forward slash womensrunning to find out more. This podcast was recorded over Zencaster. The producer and composer was David Newman. Please hit like and subscribe. That way you won't miss the next episode do please email us at wrpodcast at anthem.co.uk with any questions or running stories, as we would love to include them in a future podcast. Happy running.